This episode of Pizza and Cookies is brought to you by Squint's Apparel. Everything you love about your favorite vintage passed down shirt that your mustache dad was rocking at a tailgate in 87 while barbecuing brats, crushing cans, and playing air guitar to a bitchin' solo as everyone chanted his name. Minus that mustard stain that was acquired while he was obtaining legend status. You know, that shirt. www.squintsapparel.com Welcome to episode officially three. No, officially two. Because yes, episode two of the Pizza and Cookies podcast should be episode five. We will not discuss the three that shall not be named. Just know that I owe a couple people some podcasts. Uh, I know it was advertised last week that um, Mike from Geek Media Corps was on. We had a hellaciously good podcast, guys. Um, That won't work. It didn't didn't work. But it was fun, and we're going to do it again. Probably different topic. Well, we'll still be talking about video games, but we'll we'll switch it up a little bit. So um, on this episode, episode two, uh, a good friend of mine... um, currently living in atlanta but from the kansas city area with me mr jason query say hello hey brandon how you doing buddy doing pretty good um now i know you from comic book store um correct jason jason used to work at a local comic book store and helped me get back into some comics and his we became good friends went and saw some couple movie premieres together um haven't really ever hung out but we've been i think we've become some good friends and helped each other with comics and some other stuff Right. I always I've always appreciated the time we went and saw Civil War, like what what was it, like a month or so yeah, before a whole, it? a whole month before it came out. It was so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciated I appreciated you letting me come with you to do that and then getting to lord it over everybody else. Oh, it was for like so a month, nice. you know? It was so nice. Yeah. I, I've 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 never had that much of a lead on any movie passes before. Except for Ant Man. Except for Ant Man, but I ended up not going to that, but it was kind of a wish-wash thing anyways. So um, Now, Jason uh, has since moved away to Atlanta. Um, he has abandoned me. He has <laughs> gone. Um, you've gone to Atlanta. Can you be more precise? Because I always screw up trying to tell people what, you went to, what you're going to study for. Sure. Uh, so, yeah. So, I'm down in Atlanta at uh, one of the many universities in the city, <laughs> um, Georgia State University. And I'm in their one of their doctorate programs uh, specifically for what they call moving image studies. Um, I'm there for film, but it's moving image studies, so it covers a lot of different media, television, video games, things like that. Um, but I'm getting my doctorate there, which means that I'm taking classes, and then I'm also teaching. And so I teach about uh, two or three classes a semester um, over different topics, history of film, um, kind of analysis of film. Uh, hopefully, as as you get further along in the program, they allow you to even design your own courses. And so, hopefully, I'll get to design some classes here down the line. But and you, um, do you get paid for that? Uh, yes. Okay. No, obviously. <laughs> I always say yes hesitantly because you know it's a university, it's a higher education, so not a lot. Um, but I do make a little bit of money, and then they um, essentially comp your tuition. Cool. Um, for teaching yeah the, well, all teachers are underpaid in my opinion <clears throat> so um i'm not gonna get political just saying <laughs> i i value teachers um i have a lot of teachers that are good friends and i just think as a whole you enrich society by with knowledge you should be paid a lot more so i mean there's definitely a reason why i'm doing this right like i'm <laughs> saying i feel the same way and i'm very passionate about it and 
uh, and want to keep doing it down the line. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on, we were going to talk just a little bit about Wonder Woman. Um, we're also going to talk about uh, the current slate of movies that are coming out. What's what has come out, what is coming out. Um, but first. We have. So, again, I've done this a couple other times, but hopefully this time Jason will be the official first time we do it. I'm going to do a survey for everybody who comes on to the show, kind of a get to know you, something I forgot to tell you about beforehand, Jason. Um, Mike Mike was the first one to do it the week last week because the guy that I was doing it the week before wasn't too keen on it. Would you oh. be, Would you be opposed to tweeting a picture of yourself right now with the hashtag pizza and cookies? Sure. Okay. Uh, give me a second. I don't have right. my phone on me. <laughs> Sorry. Didn't mean to put you on the spot. And no, no, you're fine. Hold on. I'm going to step away really quick. Oh, okay, you're I'll good. Back. Um, so I'll talk a little bit. I've done this a couple times. I want to tell you the last week's episode with Mike was really good. We talked, we had a good hour, hour and a half or more. Man, I went to go put that on and the audio was just crap. So. Um, it, it's just so frustrating. We're going to get all the kinks worked out. I've got I've got a new setup. We're going to try. Um, pretty sure it works. Everything seems to be working good. And then we're going to work out the kinks of how this works to make sure it's cleaner. Because I'm not sure how clean this is really going to sound in the end. But um, while Jason does the thing, I'm going to go ahead and explain. You got your phone? I do. Okay. Uh, while he does that, I'm going to explain the reason for the questionnaire again. So, Monica and I, as I think I said in one of the first uh, couple podcasts, we met online. We met in the late 90s in on an AOL chat room where I get to get in there and they were all randomly put by, all the chat rooms had specific topics and basically that was never actually talked about in the chat room. It just kind of took those personalities of those people that like that stuff because I won't even tell you the name of the chat room, but we never talked about what the topic of the chat room was. Um, Having said that, though, one of the things people in the chat room like to do was f- send out, I think you used, used to be on MySpace, too, the um, little questionnaires that at the time on AOL, I'll be honest, the point of the questionnaire wasn't so much to find out about the person. It was to probably gauge if the person you were talking to was into anything oddly sexual, because that was usually the tone of most of the, the, the surveys. Having said that, this is not. So, but I did take a couple of those questions, modified them a little. The more serious questions are from those. Um, plus, I have more of a what's your favorite kind of type questions that are in there, just because I think that's a really good way to get to know people. And I, it's just to see the stuff you're into and the stuff you like. So, you ready, Jason? I'm tweeting at this very moment. All right, cool. And then I will. You said just hashtag pizza and cookies, right? Yep. And awesome. I, will, I will retweet it when I see it. Um, and I do have my phone on <laughs> on silent first rule of podcasting <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah mine shut off too a buddy of mine runs a, a, a podcast that I've been on before and uh, <laughs> sitting there everybody's phone is always going off I'm like god man can we turn these off so we can do the podcast what are we doing <laughs> I, that's crazy to me, right like how do you forget that you you set up all the equipment you sat down to do it turn your phone off. It's, it's just like going to a movie theater just true. They'll tell you to turn it off. Just mute the damn thing. <laughs> um, all right. So, Jason, questions. First, yes. Okay. So, the first half of the questions are just kind of what's your favorite kind of stuff and getting to know you. The second half are a little personal, but not really too personal. Um, 
So first up, what is, and this goes with the theme of the, the name of the podcast, what is your favorite pizza and what is your favorite cookie? Okay. Uh, so first of all, I'm like the worst person to ask any kind of question that you have to decide between countless options because I can never pick one thing. But I would say pizza-wise, uh, sausage and mushroom. I'm always good with a good sausage, mushroom pizza. Thin crust, by the way. Oh, you're my kind of guy. I love thin crust pizza. I know. It doesn't get a lot of... I always hear people say, like, it's... That's like cardboard, tastes like cardboard. I don't know. I love the crunch. For, I love for, the... for me, if I can get a thin crust with just a little bit of extra sauce on it, mm -hmm. it it's perfect. Yeah, that's the sweet spot. Yeah. I'll, I'll go to town on that. And then uh, cookie, that's actually easier. Peanut butter cookie. See, you get along with my wife for a good reason. Um, <laughs> um, I'm sending her a high five. Yeah, that. she's putting the, she's finishing putting the kids to sleep, but trust me, she's all over that. Um, what I almost said it. I'm going to say it the way it's said on another podcast because I don't think they'll ever hear this. What is best sandwich? <laughs> what is best sandwich? Um, okay, let me let me ask you this. Would you? I don't know if this is quite in the realm of the sandwiches that you're thinking. Like a, you a know, hot like a dog is not a sandwich. <laughs> what? A hot dog is not a sandwich. No, okay, no, I'm not. That's craziness. I've heard those <laughs> insane people that claim that. That's wrong. Um, like a buffalo chicken sandwich. I'll, I'll accept that, that. You'll accept that. Okay. Yeah. I, I was French dip was going to be my backup if not, but oh no no I, buffalo chicken sandwich. Yeah, I would, uh, when I get in the mood for some, um, like I want wings, but I don't want wings. Mm -hmm. Buffalo chicken sandwich is ideal. Exactly. Um, what is your favorite thing to drink, alcoholic or non-alcoholic? Your choice or both. So, uh, so I don't drink actually um, anything. I don't. I don't drink liquids <laughs> of any kind. Screw, Just screw suck water. Here. Just. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, so yeah, I don't, I don't drink alcohol, so I can't speak to that, but, uh, soda wise, uh, I would have to say cream soda. Hmm. Do you have a, a lean, like regular cream soda or like red cream soda? Right. right. Um, not red. Not I, red? Good traditional vanilla cream soda. Uh, brand wise, if that's what you're asking, I mean, A&W, right, is always kind of the, the go-to i feel like i guess i i like i've i've there's a variety of cream sodas that i will try i i, yeah. I, I wouldn't i i do like a and w so and well and like you said there's there's a lot of great cream soda i've had out there but um i guess kind of like the um the most traditional the one that's maybe easiest and that i drink the most is a and w gotcha now this is going to be the hardest question i'm probably going to ask you what is okay. your favorite movie Brandon, I will. Brandon. I'll take a top three in no particular order if it helps you, because I know your background. <laughs> even even that is, I have students always ask on the first day of class, you know, what's your favorite movie, right? And uh, and so I still don't have a great answer. For is it that. is it Fantastic Four? <laughs> yeah, uh, Fan Four Stick, uh, I believe. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, no, I I would say in my top. You give me top five if you need to. I don't. I, I. I'm. I'm fully understanding of the the quandary I put you in. <laughs> That's right. The mental distress this causes. Um. I. I won't do full top five, but I'll say the good, the bad, and the ugly is always up there. Um. I'm a huge western fan in general. 
Western genre in total, but Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, I think, is my favorite of all time. Um, Jaws is is always a, a go-to. Um, still Spielberg's best film, I think. And then um, to give maybe a, not really artsy, but um, a little more academic, scholarly answer, 2001 uh, Space Odyssey. I like those. those are, that's, a, that's a solid list. And now I'm going to throw Kink in. Who's your favorite director? Can you name uh, him? I used to, so I used to say Robert Altman. Um, he, he, partly because he was from Kansas City, and so I was like that. I was really big into a lot of his films for a while, but I haven't, I haven't watched many of his movies in years, um, and so I don't feel like that's the best answer. I really like Ryan Johnson, uh, who's directing the next Star Wars film that comes out later this year. Um, but his his first three films, the only other three films he's directed, are all exceptionally well directed. That's episode um, eight later this year, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Did I? What did I say? Well, you just said the next one. I just because they're still filming nine. They had the director change with Ron Howard, or not nine. True. That that's the Han Solo movie that's coming out next year. It is. Okay, yes. Sorry. Oh yeah. But you're right. Uh, it's episode eight. It's the the last Jedi as of right now. Um. But but yeah, Ryan Johnson's his other three films are fantastic and all very like diverse genre wise and different tones and moods and looks and everything. He's he's great. Okay, what is your favorite album? Hmm. That's I I don't listen to a lot of music anymore these days, and so that's actually really hard to say how about when you were a kid when you were in high school okay um i'm how old are you by the way i'm 30 okay you're younger than me right so high school for you would have been early 2000s uh yes it was right around 2000 2001 i graduated in 2005 right uh i so here's the thing though when i was in high school i listened to a lot of uh older music from like the 70s well okay and so like bruce springsteen is still kind of my my favorite musician i i I listen i listen to everything my my shuffle during the day drives people crazy because i sing along to it at work and from one minute i'm going to go from rap to country to gospel to (laughs) um just uh 19 or uh, hank williams senior even i'm like i don't i like everything so your your taste is fine to me (laughs) Well, that's and I can appreciate that, right? Like a good diverse taste in anything, I think, shows a well-rounded person. There, there, uh, there's a Kyle Kinane joke. Do you know who Kyle Kinane is? I would assume. I don't. Maybe. Okay, he's no. a comedian, a little raunchy. Um, just getting that out there for anybody who looks him okay. up. He's he's talking about. Um, I think the joke has to do with drinking beer in in the shower, and um, he's talking about how he pops his his iPod on and puts it on shuffle, and he's got. I think he said 70 past roommates worth of music on his shuffle and he let Steve Jobs pick the the mood for the shower and he just drops from one completely weird thing to something completely obvious and he's like all right it was like Lionel Richie to like Megadeth and it's like all right that's fine you let the eyes go choose it. right <laughs> uh so so to give you an answer, I don't know if this is really true. Don't hold this. Don't hold me to this in the rest of my life. But um, I'll say "The Rising" by Bruce Springsteen. Okay. All right. Um, what's your favorite book? Uh, 
No Country for Old Men. The movie? <laughs> well, I love I love the film as well. Like I really love that's my favorite Coen Brothers movie. So is that is that uh, one that they the one of the book to movie transitions that wasn't horrible? I I think so. I think they're both uh, obviously they're they've adapted the book fairly faithfully to some degree, but their voice is very different from Cormac McCarthy who wrote the novel. And so the film is still very Coen Brothers esque, right? It right. still kind of fits comfortably within their their body of work. Um, the novel reads very differently than the film plays, um, and so they they feel very different to me. Uh, and I love both of them, but the I think his his style of writing is really terse, and and so these his sentences are you know just really jagged little short sentences. And dialogue goes back and forth like that, and uh, and I love that. Like it's a you know it's a quick read, but it also kind of gives you a sense of the place and the people in it. So no gonna, country for old men. I'm gonna add that audiobook to my playlist. Um, okay. What's your favorite television show? Uh, okay, I used to say Lost. I don't God, I don't I know if Lost him. has aged that well, and I haven't gone back to it in a while. Uh, I think the new show that I answer is Justified. Justified is so good. I, I was into Justified before anybody else was. And then <laughs> other shows happened, and then we started putting it on the back burner, and then everybody started liking Justified. I'm like, man, whatever. You guys are coming late to the party. Justified hipsters, man. That's uh, us. It, really? <laughs> um, we were here before it was cool. I'm going to be honest. Um, I've had this conversation with a lot of people, and everybody hates me for it. Huh? I did not like Lost. I felt, yeah. I felt Lost had potential to be something amazing yeah and they lost it about they lost it i just <laughs> i felt they they just completely went in a very i'm, I'm gonna say and even though it doesn't really make sense a conventional path like yeah. they just went and like oh let's just stay let's stay safe you know what i mean and i think they could have done a little bit more i i definitely would like i think the first season is almost perfect almost a, a perfect first season of television i would agree there's so much mystery you know as a as an audience member as a viewer you get so drawn into the all of like what the hell is going on in this island and the the slow reveal everything all of the characters are also so kind of engrossing um as you as they're forced to like reveal more and more about the characters i think it that made it a little difficult for them and then once they also start having to answer some of the mysteries, you run in. I think you just inevitably will run into the problem where a lot of people are disappointed in the answers you give, right? Because right. there's so many possible answers and everybody's come up with their own one. Um, and so I think it does maybe lose a little steam as it goes on. I personally think the last episode is still really strong, even though the last season is kind of weak. Um, but, uh, but again, I, I haven't watched it in a number of years now, and so I don't know if it would hold up that well if I went back to it. Cool. All right, now we're halfway through, so we're going to speed this up a little. I'm going to adjust this list as we go because okay. I noticed last week with Mike, I was like, man, this this actually taking a little bit longer than I was expecting. But Well, I'm, and I'm chatty, dude. No, so. I, I am too, and that's the problem, and that's kind of why I'm doing a podcast because I fucking, I fucking talk a lot. So. Right. <laughs> um, all right, so this is the personal stuff. Um what are you scared of most in life? I would 
I, I would say, um, especially right now in academia, uh, of, of being like found out for being an idiot. <laughs> because I like, it's very much, I have, you know, the, uh, what's called like imposter syndrome, you know, where you feel like, why am I here? I should not be here. How did I ever, you know, get into this place with all of these brilliant people? Right. Uh, and, uh, and so I always just, you know, I'm just worried for that, that one interaction where they go, wait a second, why are you here? You, you're, you're dumb as a bag of rocks. Like you don't deserve to be here. Uh, and so, so I think that's, that's something that I have anxiety about a lot. I, you know, and I get that because so like, <clears throat> I'm, I'm really into video games. I'm into comics. I'm, I love geek culture as a whole. I am knowledgeable enough that I can talk about almost everything. The word almost and right. i'm always afraid that i'm gonna I, I get that like i can sit here and talk about video games all day but i know there's gonna be like some topic somebody's gonna bring up and i'm gonna go eh, i don't know and eventually they're gonna look at me and go why are you doing a podcast about stuff like that or why do you why do you claim to be a geek if you don't know that and that comes mostly from the fact that i am not a huge star wars fan and i'm always uh -huh. afraid that because of that everybody's going to judge me harshly i'm like and i've had this i've had this discussion with people where the first time i saw star wars i was in high school and the reason i saw star wars when i was in high school was because the new star wars were coming out the 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 trilogy the prequels yeah the prequels so i'm like what the hell is star wars now having said this i grew up watching star trek with my father in the <laughs> 80s it was the only right. thing i knew so I'd seen a lot of Star Trek, but that's it. And I love Star Trek. And then that always pisses people off too. I'm not trying right. to cause a war here. <laughs> I'm I'm very neutral on everything. It's not. It's not you can like both people. You it's can. All right. You really can. It is. I love Batman, but I also love Spider Man. I don't give a right. shit if you like Marvel or DC more than the other. Same goes with with video games. I own every console. I play every console. I don't right. care if you like Microsoft, Sony, or Nintendo more than the other one. Not one is better. They're all basically the same damn thing. Completely agreed. I, I've never understood that kind of like vehement anger against a uh, franchise or property either because really, Star Wars has awful films, right? The prequels right. that we mentioned right. uh, you know, are, are awful. They have a lot of expanding universe that's bad. So does Star Trek, right? They have weak yep. films too. It's, it's not about inherently what the property of the franchise is right it's about how it's handled and there has been some really intelligent people that have worked on both and so you can you can appreciate both right so see then i tell people i say so look when i watched star wars the first time i was like that was weak and people are like what i'm like i just <laughs> i seemed blah the acting uh -huh. to me didn't seem outrageous or, or like extraordinary the effects and this is what pisses everybody off because I had seen this, we're talking in the mid or the late nineties people, I had right. seen some pretty cool freaking effects in movies. And I was like, meh. Now, having said that, I understand that had I had parents that showed me when it came out and had and and I know that for a fact when Star Wars came out, those effects were freaking cutting edge. And I can appreciate right. that. I can appreciate that knowledge and I can understand why people have such an infatuation with it. But I watched 
the first two Star Wars and was like, meh, they're okay. I watched <laughs> the first prequel one and went, whoa, look at all that crap blowing up. That was cool. Right. Because I was in high school and a boy and, hey, that kind of crap is cool to me. Having said right. that, it doesn't stay cool. Please stop making Transformers movies. Anyways, so. <laughs> it, yeah. I, I think I think that's completely fair, though, right? Like, because, for, I mean, I felt the same way when I saw Phantom Menace, right? I think yeah. if I can recall, I think my dad and I saw it twice in one day, right? And I was in, I would have been in sixth grade at the time. And, uh, and you're right, as a kid, like that's it's way flashier than the original trilogy the the fight with darth maul at the end is like still i think a really impressive bit of choreography right and like a ballet to behold but um you know so i i think that's completely fair now if you still feel that way then brandon i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to leave the podcast right now (laughs) no we're we're good now having said this um we are going to start doing some youtube videos and um I have a, an, an idea for a series of videos where I introduce my children to shit that was popular when I was a kid. Movies. That's a great idea, yeah. And what I'm going to do is there's going to be a video set up on us throughout the whole movie. And I'll uh-huh. take, I'll keep notes as to when they react certain ways. And I'll, like, fast forward and do it. And then I'm going to ask their opinion. So one of the movies is going to be... I'm going to do, I'm going to do the whole freaking Star Wars thing. Because I, they've never seen a Star Wars movie, any of them. Um, now, can I break it? What, what I'm starting with the original three movies and then Good, I'll go to the prequels. Okay. I'm going to do them in order of release so that they can experience how the rest of the world did it. That's just my only, everybody has given me every reason to do it different ways. I was uh-huh. told to wait till Rogue, this was when I talked about this beforehand, I was told to wait till Rogue One was out on video and just start do it in like actual order starting with the prequels and throw right. one in there and and i'm like yeah you're getting too complicated with it to me I'm like, right i could do it in order but here's the thing i don't want to show my kid the trilogy or the prequels again oh they're little boys big explosions it's colorful it's cool oh jar jar binks is funny because you know that's going to happen with children of course yeah so and then go all right here's episode four what is this crap this is right. this is boring can, I, can we stop watching i don't want to deal with that so i'm going to show them i want to show them the three that are a little harder to take in visual wise and then go from there so like, let them try to watch and appreciate the story and go that right. route and i will not be showing them the george lucas cut extended cgi characters that with the uh, with all the dobacks and oh the my God, so the bad. dance numbers and all the when, crap when, that when, when it came out and i watched it there was the scene with um uh han and uh, uh oh and jabba jabba yeah. Where he like Han like floats up into oh the air. Oh my god! And I'm like, what is this crap? Like, I, as a non-Star Wars fan, I was like, they've ruined this movie. <laughs> you know, right. like, exactly. It's, it's it was bad, and I was like, so I told I told a friend of mine who has the original trilogy on just regular DVD. I'm like, I need to borrow oh. those. Those are the ones I need. <laughs> so, um, okay. Again, move this along. Again, I t- we talk a lot. Um, what color underwear are you wearing? Uh, gray. Gray. Um, yeah. Since you're married, I'm going to alter the way this is phrased. What is the first thing you noticed in your wife? Uh, I would. So, 
I would say uh, her sense of humor and her sense of humor tied to, I mean, here's the thing. We're all people, right? And so, like, I think, obviously, the first thing you really notice about a person is just their body and their body language, right? right? But um, that's a boring answer. And so I think I think it was maybe her, her body language, which tells you something something about her personality, her confidence, and then that kind of was proven in her sense of humor. Awesome. Good answer. Thank you. This is my favorite question on this because I've thrown off two people. Um, What is something most people don't know about you, but it's only because no one asks? Well, actually, I already said it a little bit earlier, but that I I don't drink alcohol. Um, That's... Nobody asks. Everybody assumes, right? Right. Well, that, oh. I would agree. And so uh, I just had that interaction with some uh, other guys in my department, and uh, they had just—we've known each other now for about a year or so—and uh, they were finally like, "Hey, let's go out and you know get some drinks or something." And I was like, "Well, yeah, I'll go out with you guys. I'm, I'm not going to drink anything." And they're like, "What? What are you talking about?" And I explained, you know, well, I've never had any alcohol in my life. I've never smoked a cigarette, anything like that. And so that's very much something nobody nobody asks, and uh, and is is a weird little thing about me. So do you consider yourself officially whatever that what is that phrase straight edge? Oh, straight edge? No, <laughs> they, they said that too. no. I I just found out about that actually a couple years ago. No, it's just always it's been a personal thing, and uh, and um, just something I've never had had an interest in pursuing. So, so it, it it is funny how everybody just assumes, right? Because so. So my father died when I was a kid. I'm, I was 11 years old. Um, I'm not going to get into specifics. I've told people, I've said out loud, my mother was an alcoholic as I grew up. Um, I don't know yeah. if that would, again, not going to get into specifics. So growing up, I was around it all the time. I saw right. it. My whole family promoted it. At 16 years old, my cousin, who was graduating high school, I think, yes, graduating high school, his parents let him have a bong with his buddies, a beer bong in the backyard with his buddies. I out drank all of his buddies and him <laughs> with the beer bong. I also played football. I'm a big guy. You've met me. You've met me. I'm six two, couple hundred pounds. Right. But, well, maybe times two at this point. But at the time, it was only a couple hundred pounds. <laughs> but right. um, um, and having said that, I spent a lot of time camping and fishing and drinking beer with my buddies when I was in high school. Because I didn't want to be at home. I didn't want to be around things that I was seeing at home. And I got, I did, when all my friends were older than me growing up in high school. So when they vacated my personal space and I was more on my own my last year in high school and then a year or two after, I did way too much drinking, way too much partying. I then saw the repercussions my mother had from her alcohol. her alcoholism and it fucking turned me off like i just kind of this i I love whiskey i I can appreciate whiskey i drink very socially like if i'm out with a group of friends i'll have a beer or a whiskey or something and then that's it and so now i've gone now even in my own family though but see that's the thing is i don't ever do it around my family and just recently, we went. I don't see my family a lot. We went to some friend or some family function, and a, my I love Boulevard Wheat. Well, Boulevard's a local beer company here in Kansas City. It's about the only beer that I can actually say I really like the taste of is Boulevard, <laughs> is Boulevard Wheat. 
and uh, one of my cousins was up there, and he's kind of a beer snob, and we were talking about stuff. He goes, I have a Boulevard Wheat. Do you want one? I went, yes, please, because I don't like being around my family anyways, and if a little bit of alcohol will make that just a little bit easier to handle, I'll take it. Um, and he gave me a, a, a Boulevard Wheat, and like three of my cousins, Brandon, you drink? yeah I drink why he's like you never drink with us when you played softball with us you would never go drinking with us right it's like yeah because what the fuck is the point of going and getting sloshed for no reason I've been playing softball or I've been having a I'm out with family or being and stuff I want to enjoy it what's the point right. you know I don't it's like so he, they were all blown away that I drank because I had one beer <laughs> I was like, sorry, people. <laughs> Just because they'd never seen you do it, right? Right, yeah. yeah it's like, I'm sorry. I, I do, but not around you because you guys overdo it. <laughs> so, and that's and that's what, watching people grow up, growing up watching people overdo it on anything, whether it's drugs or alcohol, will easily make somebody not want to do it. Um, move on, sorry. Um Right now, okay, so this is this is just, what are you into? What are you doing? What are you currently reading? It can be blog, newspaper, book, website. What are you really into right now? <laughs> so, well, what I'm actually really reading right now is a bunch of dry uh, academic <laughs> papers every single week, all the time, constantly. Uh, but that's not terribly exciting. I did just pick up, um, oh, and I'm, I'm going to blank on the author, but it is a... Uh, kind of an, a biography of William Moulton Marston, uh, one of the creators of Wonder Woman, him and his, his wife and then their mistress slash other wife. He was a polyamorous. Oh. Um, well, and that's so interesting. They all kind he, of created, he's, he's one of the yeah. creators of Wonder Woman? Uh-huh. He, he is, he's always kind of uh, listed as the creator of Wonder Woman, but um, his wife had... Uh, I think her name was Sadie Holloway or Elizabeth Holloway. She went by either. Um, she had a big part in the creation of the character. And then Olive, Olive Byrne, I think is the other woman that they all, that they were in a relationship with. She also kind of influenced the design of Wonder Woman and, and things like that. Anyway, the three of them kind of created her in this book that I'm reading is about that entire history about um, them growing up and having the inspiration to create the character. And then, uh, working for uh, DC, which was National Comics at the time, and um, and just the entire then history of Wonder Woman from there. So, it's it's quite fascinating. Interesting. And you don't remember the name of it? I, I, do, I know the. I think the book is the untold uh, story of Wonder Woman. Okay. Um, I don't remember the woman that wrote it, but uh, but it's really good. I picked it up at a half price books and um, and it been kind of tearing through it. It's great. Gotcha. All right. So what are you currently watching? Um, I have been working my way through season two of Supergirl. Um, I, I, I still I haven't think gotten I'm, through season two yet. Say again? That's the only, it's the only comic book, uh, DC comic show that I haven't watched yet. Season two of Supergirl. Season two of everything. It's just, they're all on Netflix, which is wonderful anymore. Like, um, and they put them on there so quickly too. I love, I love Well, that. Netflix and DC signed a deal earlier this year or not no, uh, CW and Netflix so that all the CW shows will go on within a week of the season ending exactly. so it was like really nice that's why I said to Monica was like well shit we don't have to necessarily watch all of Arrow right away if we get behind exactly. like we did last year <laughs> yeah I mean you could like I was for, for a while you can stream them on CW's website you know the night after the air or whatever um, 
but just knowing that they'll that they do have that deal with Netflix and they'll come on so quick I mean why not wait you know right. and so uh, so yeah we've my wife and I have uh, watched a little bit of Supergirl we blew through Riverdale uh, the just came on there, just wrapped up and came on there. That show is amazing. I so, okay, you're the well, first person I know that's told me that show is amazing. I know. So, that, so now I need to watch it, great. though. It's, I would really recommend it. It's, here's the thing. It's it's uh, very glossy soap opera uh, melodrama, okay. right? Um, don't don't expect, like, a grounded, nuanced <laughs> kind of storytelling. Is it, is um, it really Archie? I mean, it is the character here. Well, here's the thing. It is all the characters, right? In name, definitely. In setting, in in relationship, and things like that. Um, the the series, of course, is taking all of these characters and kind of like dropping them into this neo noir gothic horror at times. Um, sometimes very surreal, kind of Twin Peaks ish uh, environment. And so that is very unlike Archie. Um, right, that is very unusual. Right. However, the personalities of the characters stay very, very true to the comics, um, which is kind of a really wonderful balancing act, right? To like have them in this very unusual set of genres, but yet they still kind of stay true to, to uh, you know how they're written in the comics. So, all right, you um, just told me, babe, we need that... to watch Archie or Riverdale. Sorry, <laughs> exactly. Put it on the list. Put it on the list. <laughs> um, now, all of that said what I'm actually going to be watching as of tonight, the night that we record this preacher season two, um, is oh. starting up and I am so excited. Does it start tonight? It does. I need to finish. It should have, in fact, I think the first episode already was probably already on. I need, I need to finish watching season one. I was a, a friend of mine who is also a huge preacher fan, as I know you are. Uh, we were talking on his podcast about how, how shitty season one was but it ended yeah. in such a way that you were excited for season two and i know rogan and everybody's come out and said no look that was a prequel sorry we kind of needed to set it up a little season two right. is what everybody wants exactly completely yeah I, and so you haven't finished season one yet? no we i think we're three quarters of the way through season one okay well and yeah i won't spoil it obviously for you or for anybody that's listening but I would agree with that. Season one is is very rough. It just feels like it's treading water, a lot, right? They don't know. They don't. They can't push the characters too far because they need to stay in this town that they're in, and they drop in a bunch of new characters and create them. And so it just felt like they were spinning their wheels. Um, but I just rewatched the last episode of season one earlier today, and the last like twenty minutes of that episode are fantastic. And just like exactly what that show should be outlandish and blasphemous and like over the top and weird and everything. And so see, um, in having not knowing where it goes, because I've never read Preacher, uh, uh -huh. I will say I, the characters were all cracking me up. Like they all had their I love. First of all, I love the actors. Um, right. All the actors were nailing the parts I think they were supposed to play. I was enjoying like just watching them try to develop and i'm one of these people where like i know a good television show needs more than one freaking season and you can't just judge it by one season oh let's cancel it just, jesus christ let them at least try you know but um the uh so i was enjoying it and i was like there was just a lot going on and it was one of the ones that we decided to hold off on and go back to later so everybody's kind of gotten me excited about season two so yeah i think i think season two definitely promises to be more like the actual story 
from the comics, which is, you know, which is great. Not to say that all comic adaptations need to adhere exactly to what the comics did, but um, I think that'll be feel a little more like the comic. And then it's still going to have the first season for is narratively kind of, you know, convoluted as it is. There are some like outlandishly wild sequences in that first season that you just don't see on television that much. There's a, uh, there's a, a uh, fight sequence in a motel. That's I've seen these, that. No, I have seen have that. Seen, yeah. That's awesome. Isn't it just like crazy and, and so fun and weird. And so if they can kind of merge that with, um, with the narrative of the comics, I think it's. I think season two is going to be something special. So, well, while we're while we're promoting stuff, I have to say, um, if you're a little bit of a wrestling fan, and even if you're not, watch Glow huh? on Netflix. Okay, Glow. I haven't dug into it yet, but I've heard good things. Yeah. It, 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 Mark Marin is is hilarious and great <laughs> in this in this show. Um, the, all the actresses are great. I geeked out a little because there's there's some wrestling appearances in there. Um, from a lot of indie wrestlers that I like, I do watch wrestling. So um, they, there's plus one of the main characters is actually a retired wrestler. So I was like, I, it was funny. I was sitting there going, no, I know her. <laughs> I, can, I can tell she's an actor. She's pretty good, but God damn, I know her from somewhere. And I had to pull up the list. Why and I'm like, so I'm like, I was like, I knew it. She's, she was, and I was like, looking back at she was so-and-so from this. It's like, um, but no, it's, it's really, it's done really well. And it, it I really love the acting and you could it's a little bit of a slow start monica said it took her about three or four episodes to like really be into it it's a 10 episode thing i, I was because it's about wrestling and because of the storyline uh, i did like it from the start now there is a little bit of nudity all women wrestling right. uh, it's a couple gratuitous sex scenes at the beginning but from beyond after that it's more just about wrestling so I feel like they, they try to hit their male audience a little too much at a couple points at the start of the show. Um, right. So, well, and like you said, it's slow start. I feel, I feel like that's definitely part of that Netflix model is they expect you to binge it, oh, you yeah. know? And it seems like so many of their series, it's, they're setting up the world. They're setting up the, you know, the kind of the feel of the show in the first couple episodes. And they anticipate that you'll just blow through them and get to the, get to know, good the parts. meaty stuff. Um, all right, what are you, last two questions. What are you listening to? Could be music, podcast, audiobooks, anything? Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll try and keep these short and sweet since we've gone so long on <laughs> other things. Um, what I'm listening to, podcasts, uh, right now it's uh, Blank Check is one I've just stumbled on, and I've been listening to that like crazy. Okay. What's that about? Who is that? Uh, so it's it's these two guys. One is a, a critic, David Sims. He writes for The Atlantic right now. Um, and then the other guy's kind of like – a young struggling actor sort of uh, called Griffin Newman um, and their chemistry together is really funny. And essentially the premise of the show is that they look at directors filmographies, um, but directors who have kind of hit it so big that at some point in their career, they're just given piles of money and told do whatever you want to do. <laughs> and so it's, it started the podcast apparently started with them talking about Lucas and the prequels right and that he just like was could do whatever the hell he wanted to to his detriment and so now they've gone into um m night Shyamalan, which is what i'm listening to right now uh that's one of their older series they've done james cameron steven spielberg uh christopher nolan is who i think they're going to start up here soon so gotcha all right last question what are you playing i do know you are a little bit of a gamer are you playing anything right now 
nothing. No, nothing right now. I don't have the time to play anything now. The last thing I did play was um, Metal Gear Solid Five this last December, so around December 2016. Did you beat it? I did. Yeah. Congrats! I didn't. <laughs> oh really? Well, when I say beat, I beat the story, right? Right. I, there's still all these side missions and stuff, and well, I never finished all those. So that's but... my that's my problem is I get too obsessed with side missions. Right. And boy howdy that game has a lot of side missions it's just like witcher or uh, like skyrim it's like you you could play that game for about 10 hours and not touch the story once and it's it had too many side missions to where by the time other stuff came out i wanted to play and i was good not finishing the story so it became trading fodder but it was a good game and i did enjoy it exactly yeah um all right so done out of the way god i need to cut that list down somehow um (laughs) All right, so good. Good luck, sir. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, do not envy you. I, you know, there, here's an idea. I might make that its own segment, and then maybe release two podcasts, like one early in the week. That's hey, like, hey, on Monday, here's the Q and A of the person that we're going to have a discussion with later in the week. That's not a bad idea. Like, More content, right? You yeah, get two episodes for the price of one. There you go. You just have to make sure somebody's willing to sit there for an extra hour. Sorry, Jason. What are you doing <laughs> for the night? No. Um, so, I know you saw you're into comics. You're reading about Wonder Woman right now. Real quick, what'd you think of Wonder Woman? I loved it. I loved it. Were you, were and there you go. That's it. That's all we need to say. Right? It, it really <laughs> is because that's that's all DC needed. It's just so to it to be liked. Um, I was exactly yeah. They needed they needed a win really badly. <laughs> I I would agree. I no, it sucks because I liked Batman versus Superman. I I was. Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman are two solid movies to me. Right. The director's cut of Batman versus Superman because Batman I don't understand Superman. how the hell half of that got cut out of the movie. Um, I liked Suicide Squad for what it was, which uh-huh. is this is what I tell people when people ask me, "Did you go see uh, the new Expendables movie?" Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> did you like it, dude? Blowing shit up all over the place. It was awesome. Right. But how was it? Oh, it sucked. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> that's course. but but that's not the point of the Expendables. You know, like the, the, right. what if the second or the third one is just is basically trying to show you how awesome Chuck Norris is. It's an entire Chuck Norris joke in the last like ten minutes, and right. it, I it, it is what it's supposed to be. I think they were trying to obviously be um, Guardians, but they failed. Yes. So. Um, but I, I enjoyed it for what it was. So, but having said that, it's not what they needed either, um, and I think it right. I think it hurt them long term with all of those characters. Yes, be, be, agreed. Well, and I, so okay, there's so much so much to dig into everything you just said. Um, <laughs> like you, you and I have talked, I'm I'm also kind of a BVS apologist. Right. Um, I I think that film is a lot smarter than people make it out to be, and I think Snyder's. I'm also kind of a, a Snyder fan, honestly. I know he's he gets associated as like a bro, you know a bro frat boy director, like a big, you know dumb uh, meathead kind of no, guy. That, but that is Michael uh, Bay. I think that he, is what people need to realize. That is Michael Bay. <laughs> well, and, exa- and I think they get lumped together a lot, right? right? Like they get kind of associated these these big dumb action directors. I, you know, Bay. I think definitely 
applies that applies more to him than to Snyder I, in my I, opinion. But I, I heard a joke recently that said that when Michael Bay's house runs out of cocaine, he makes a new Transformers movie. <laughs> 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 just probably not far from the truth. So sorry, I keep interrupting. Go ahead. <laughs> no, that's again, that's probably pretty true. Um, but so I, I like Batman v Superman quite a bit. I even, I mean, even the theatrical cut I got into, like you said, I think the the ultimate cut, the three hour version, is uh, much improved. Right. Right. Um, Man of Steel, I like more than BVS. Even I think, I think Man of Steel is my favorite Superman movie, and I know that's heresy to some for the the donner christopher reeve superman but um but uh, so i i liked both of those uh, snyder films quite a bit um obviously they didn't connect with the rest <laughs> of, of the viewing public and and i will you know obviously grant you that they're um they're certainly not in the marvel model of you know superhero films and not quite i think what people um really wanted or desired from a Superman or Batman movie. Um, I think that's part of what is clever about what Zack Snyder is doing, but you know, we, I, we could talk about that forever. Now suicide squad, I thought was a complete disaster, but um, I, you know, like you said that you can kind of maybe appreciate it for the, um, the kind of uh, expendable nature of it or the, you know, the, the group of mercenaries on a mission. Um, but it's just, for me, it's so, narratively um like just a mess and so poorly edited together and clearly there's all this footage that's been you know cut out and it barely holds together and so i it's hard to find pleasure in it when nothing's being set up properly nothing's being paid off properly there's a lot of there's a lot of fun acting going on right like margot robbie's great and will smith is charismatic as hell as always um viola davis is i think a perfect amanda waller and really menacing but the movie just doesn't quite hold together right i the um i loved so i loved the harley i loved margot robbie as harley everything uh -huh. she did as harley was good and and i i i think she'll be fine with anything else she does right. i am sorry so the, i anybody who follows me or knows who i am knows i'm a huge joker freak i yeah i have my reasons for that and i'm actually going to do a whole podcast on why I love the relationship between Batman and Joker so much. They are mere, they are mere reverse images of each other. And I just, they affect me personally in my life. And I'll get into that in my own podcast one day. Having said that, nobody should strive to be in a relationship that is similar to the Joker and Harley Quinn. And that movie did a horrible job of representing that. And that was probably the one thing that pissed me off the most. I, that's, that's also something that's always kind of confused me as well, right? Like Harley is obviously Harley and the Joker are very rich characters that have been, you know, evolved over many years and, and fleshed out in a lot of different ways. And I think their relationship is a really troubled, fascinating relationship for, for the characters that said, there's always been this weird fixation on readers parts of like kind of, idolizing their relationship right or like right you know looking at it very fondly and that's always been very weird to me it's an abusive relationship it's not supposed supposed to be something you admire or want to achieve um and i think you're right that the film could have gone in a way where it's it turns into harley wanting to distance herself from the joker and instead i think dc ayer 
whoever right made that call, whatever group of people ended up making that call, decided to um, you know play into the fans who love their relationship. And I'm not so sure that's a a it, good choice. It's similar to me a, a little bit to how I feel like Marvel's never going to touch on Tony Stark's Tony Stark's drinking problem. One because of Disney, and two because they don't want to highlight that in one of their biggest stars, even though in the comics it's a huge part of Tony's right. that's probably his like defining characteristic in the right. comics right um, and, and it's funny with, with Harley Harley even Harley and Joker even my wife and I joke about you know her being Harley and me being Joker I get that but I don't I don't remember the the episode or not the episode the, the issue of Harley Quinn it was but the 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 whole sequence where she completely distances herself from Joker and he, she's escaping the jail cell with I don't even, I don't remember who it was, and and Joker's like, hey baby, get me out, and that whole sequence from that point where she beats the holy shit out of the Joker, it was so like, even as even as a man, I felt empowered by her just being right. No, I'm no longer letting you hold me down, and this whole right. it's just f you you're done with me stay away like that whole sequence was like i've always liked joker but there's always been this weird infatuation with harley and that was like the defining moment for her and where she's at in the comics was her just saying no i'm done i'm right. just I'm, I'm cutting myself off from you and that was before suicide squad came out so that kind of led into my aggravation with how it was handled in suicide squad so um right so Having said that, God, you know, I, I'm happy Whedon is helping out with stuff. I'm, I'm really excited if he actually gets to pull off a, a Batgirl movie. Having right. s having said that, man, and, and, and there's so many rumors about the whole, oh, they're doing reshoots. Whedon obviously realized how screwed up the movie was. No. It, it, that's not what's taking place. It's he, right. he was already supposed to be doing reshoots anyways. Now, there may be a couple things. That's, there's not to say there isn't like one or two things, but he apparently has been a part of the movie for months and before they had never announced anything. And then it was like, like even before Zach had the issue with his family and it was like, right. he was already on board helping with stuff. And, and then it was like, okay, well, you know, Zach goes through that horrible experience that I can never imagine dealing with exactly and then oh, whedon's taken over and everybody's like oh whedon's gonna save us whedon's gonna finish the movie zach snyder was making people that's not gonna change right. the movie he may add like a yeah, couple I don't... things but i don't think i don't see him changing the movie no exactly i don't think exactly i think that's a misunderstanding of what's happened right like he's had to step away for like you said an incredibly tragic uh family event that he had no control over obviously that they they could not have planned for he even attempted to try and finish the film, right? He, the article I read, he uh, Snyder said like, well, I thought if I threw myself into my work, forget I would about be, it, be able to get my mind off of it. And him and his wife both work. His wife's the producer on all of his films, Deborah Snyder, right? right? And so they both, for very understandable reasons, had to step away. And so it's not like Whedon's coming in to fix the film, right, or anything like that. He's he is, in fact, if anything, helping out a friend, doing the gentlemanly thing, right, doing the the reasonable thing, and saying, you know what, this is an unforeseen tragedy. Uh, you know, we'll come out and come in and finish it up. And exactly, like I think there's been a couple of weeks of reshoots, which are pretty standard anymore, on uh, on most of these, you know, 200 million plus budget films. 
Um, so that's pretty standard. And then I think he's overseeing some of the, the final edit or whatever, you know, and then obviously they brought in Danny Elfman as well now to, to redo the score. I'm super happy about that. I know, I know I love, I love Hans Zimmer and I would Uh rather he stayed on with the DC stuff. I know he said he was done, but I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what, what, what it wasn't even, it was, um, his Hans Zimmer's kind of protege junkie XL is the name he goes by, but he, they worked together on BVS and then they gave Junkie XL Justice League, but it sounds like now he's com- all of, I don't, I, I'm assuming everything that he's written for it will be taken out of the movie. They need, they're not quite clear on that. I don't know if some of his work will be used and then they'll also include Danny Elfman's, uh, you know, pieces or, or what, but um, uh, I don't know. I, so that I'm, well, maybe we can get into that if we talk about like, what we're looking forward to or something that's this coming year. But I, I don't think that Joss Whedon's coming in to save the film. That's just uh, flat out wrong. (laughs) I I agree wholeheartedly. Now I will say, I'm sure he'll have a positive effect on the people around him because exactly he's, he is, I think he catch caught a lot of unnecessarily unnecessary flack for Avengers too, um, for Scarlet and all that other stuff. But I, 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 I enjoyed both Avengers movies. I would say I, the first one is better than the second one, my opinion. Um, but I, he is forever to me the like the lone person that I, well Gal Gadot aside, male in the industry that I think can handle dealing with women parts. Well, that sounded weird. Um, <laughs> with, um, a story revolving around females because I think I don't know whether he just gets it or he's just more in tune to it. Um, Buffy, everybody loves Buffy. No, I've never seen Buffy. My wife is going to make me watch Buffy. Oh, don't hate me for that, Jason. I've never that, seen Buffy. I came to Buffy very I have seen all of it, but I came to it very late. Myself, I, so. I've, I've seen the original with Bridget Wilson, the movie, but I've never, <laughs> I think I've only ever yes, seen, yeah. I think I've only ever seen one or two episodes of Buffy. My wife is a huge fan. She's like, I told her I'd be willing to watch it. And so she's kind of been on this edgy, let's watch it. Let's watch it. And I'm like, well, there's other stuff I right. want to watch first. Um, and you know I'm I'm all all vouch for Firefly any day of the week. I'm one of those people. Sure. So, um, yeah. having said all that, I I think he'll have a positive impact on the actors. And and if he can really pull off, if they get him to do the Batgirl movie, I think as a whole he's just going to be one of these people that's good to have the input around um, for everybody involved. Just like I'm really hoping that Jeff Johns had enough input on um, Justice League that it'll be seen. I'm just afraid it maybe not have enough input. So I don't know. That's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so, 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 so many things there too. So yeah, I, I think Joss Whedon's a big coup for DC, right? Like being able to kind of, not that he was working for Marvel anymore after age of Ultron, but, um, but to kind of scoop him up, right. This, the director that gave you, you know, the Avengers, uh, you know, and everything like to kind of manage to bring him over is a big get for them. Like you said, with with John's maybe steering the ship in some way, kind of akin to Kevin Feige at Marvel, that could be good. And then Patty Jenkins, pay her whatever the hell she wants. God, yes. Keep her around. Uh, give her Wonder Woman too. Obviously, it sounds like that's the direction they're going to go. But um, I mean, whatever she wants, she's she's worth it. Like uh, for her to be able to to come in and and direct this, you know, million, two, two hundred million dollar film, 
having not handled anything like that before, um, to be able to, you know, so competently um, deliver on the action scenes, but obviously the character beats and everything as well. Like, um, you need to continue to find work for her, I think. <laughs> would I, be the smart you know, it's, what's funny about that is I haven't seen a better one. Well, eh. Okay, it, it's in the top three. the The entire No Man Land or No Land's Man scene in, in Wonder Woman is, is in the top three of action shots in any comic book movie. Like sure. it's just the whole thing from start to finish. I I told um, my wife got really emotional during that scene, during a lot of scenes. But yeah, that, no, like, I, e I did too. I've, I've I, heard a lot of people. Do, well, right? like like I was like the whole scene where I mean, from the second she stops to start talking to. I'm going to say Wonder Woman spoilers, but my God, if you haven't seen the movie yet, that's your fault. Um, right. <laughs> the, you should have seen it three times. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I have sadly only seen it once, but life sucks when you're... Well, you, you have children. So I, I have children and I'm passed. married and I have an extreme full-time job. So um, right. the uh, from the time the woman stops her, like the whole way through, she's like wanting to stop and they're stopping her. No, we have to stop stopping. We need to go. But it was that one, that one shot with the woman and she just... She literally said, fuck you, I'm done. No, I'm not listening to you anymore. And the, it's like, you know, I was always, I was afraid because of every trailer they showed that scene of her climbing the stairs and like in the battlefield. I remember thinking, God, I hope that scene's not cheesy. And, and then it was like, holy shit, it was my favorite scene of the movie. Because exactly. you're just like, I can do this. Why am I, why am I holding back? I will take care of this. I can. And then. And they did have a couple of those cheesy beats of no man has ever done this. And like, you know, you, right. they, when they throw those in there, I'm like, there's that little dig. There's that little right. dig. No man can do this. So but, well, it is, it's no man's land. Right? right. Like, I mean, right. You, you have to, you have to kind of play off of that. But I, I agree with you that like, not only, I think, I think why that sequence has become immediately kind of iconic and, and has, had such a you know a resonant kind of reaction from everyone is yeah not only within the film is it uh, built up beautifully and then paid off where like you said she sees all of these people kind of in distress you know as they go to the trenches but even before that she you know is being told like no you can't you can't come into this room where these generals are you have to wear this dress you have to you know play by all of you know the rules of, of kind of male society and you know clearly she's like well this all seems like she obviously doesn't agree with any of it but is kind of going along to try and not rock the boat right right and and so for her to finally go no you you're not going to do it but i will do it i i do have the nerve and the guts and the you know and the gumption to go and do this so there's all that but then i think also just the sheer fact of not having any successful female-led superhero films or you know there'd been supergirl catwoman electra essentially those are the big three but all of them failed financially and then narratively and so to finally have have one that has had that um that kind of history surrounding it already and that kind of that conversation has surrounded it and then to have such a powerful moment to pay that off you know it's that's what i was thinking of when i was watching it right is like you know this is the, it's working it's working you know and right. like boom it completely pays it off there so so we're beyond in my opinion we're beyond having a black widow movie at this point but i think i think this and people say people think know that i i 
they don't necessarily agree with me. I still think this does put pressure on Marvel somehow. Like they've lined up Captain Marvel. They've lined up Squirrel Girl. You know, they've got all these <laughs> right. things. They had okay, but where is it? Give us a little bit right. more. Like you know, it's it, in your slate. It's down the line. Well, maybe you should maybe change your slate around a little more. Put a little more faith yeah, in some of this stuff. Um, well, but... and in, fa- in in fact, it's Captain Marvel. They keep pushing back. If anything, like they once they got Spider Man, once they made the agreement with Sony, you know, Homecoming slotted in, and it pushed Black Panther and Captain Marvel back. And then they've changed up how they're doing Infinity War, and so that pushed things back a little bit further too. And it's like, yeah, you know, like maybe now you should strike while the iron's hot. Exactly. Like people would, I think, really flock to and would love a Captain Marvel movie. And um, you know, they've they've done well on television on the on the marvel tv side of things with uh agent carter and with jessica jones obviously but um yeah they knew they need that big female-led superhero film on on their side of the aisle i think right now is there still a way they can bring agent carter back and put it on netflix there was a lot you know i know there was like a fan campaign and a uh petition and everything but from everything i understand um it would it would cost them too much more than they think is worth it everybody's gone off and, and is on different shows now i know Haley atwell's on um i don't know what her show was or she was on something immediately after agent carter got canceled and so i you know I, I guess there's always hope especially in today's day and age of streaming you know shows bringing everything back from the 80s the right. 90s whatever yeah god nothing's um, sacred anymore <laughs> seriously right like every everything if it, if it made a dollar they're going to bring it back. Um, and so you never know, but I, I think that their focus is, is elsewhere on the, on all the Netflix series right now. They seem to be um, working really hard to launch a bunch of other shows of different networks. So the, like you said, Squirrel Girl with the, I think it's the New Warriors and Squirrel Girl. Um, they've got the Cloak and Dagger show that they're launching. The Inhumans comes out later this year. And so it seems like they're trying to go forward instead of, you know, um, so here's, here's a question you might know more more about than I. So I, I recently finally just got to see Doctor Strange like two weeks ago. Right. I was because it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. I was pleasantly surprised by this movie because I could have sworn when this movie came out, I heard a lot of people going, "Man, not that great." Just a blah 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 movie. <laughs> and I sat down and watched it with Monica, and I was like, "Well, that was really good." Like uh, Cumberbatch is good in everything he does for the most part, so it's. He, solid acting and everything. I was really worried about this movie because so one of the things that aggravates me about the Marvel universe, so it's it's really the whole shtick with DC like is they really are gods type thing. I mean, Wonder Woman exactly. is Wonder Woman is a god, Thor is a god, and they went the whole alien route. And it always aggravated me a little because there is there is magic in the Marvel Marvel universe. So to just basically take Thor and say, oh, we're gonna make him a god. And then never really touch on it. I was really worried. So when they did Doctor Strange, I was like, oh, good. They're really, they're going to add this into the universe. They make it a thing. So are they going to do anything else other than Doctor Strange 2 where they put this more into the universe? <laughs> or are we just going to have to wait till Infinity War? I mean, it's, I feel like they're missing out there on utilizing a major part of the comics. Right. Yeah, and I, it doesn't seem like unless Black Panther brings in some sort of uh, mystical elements. I know that 
um, he can commune with some of the previous Black Panthers in kind of like a, a weird mystical realm. But I even think that's like drug-induced, not, you know, magical. So I don't know. It, it seems like they're really not eager to spread that out past Doctor Strange to keep it kind of like, you know, isolated in that little corner. But I, I think once he's in Infinity War, once he kind of joins the rest of the Avengers, um, maybe even a little bit in Thor Ragnarok, because I know he's in that, I think you're going to see... Uh, some of those mystical elements maybe creep into the rest of the universe a little more, but um, but not immediately, right? Not too soon. See, I'm really looking forward now. I, I'll be honest; everybody loves everybody loves The Rock. I, I, <laughs> sure, I, right. I love his casting for Black Adam. Right. The fact that they're giving him a Black Adam solo movie kind of bothered me because I was like, why? I I don't want DC doing too many of these Suicide Squad make the the villain bigger than the hero type thing right. but having said that you know the more i thought about it i think a black adam solo movie would be good to help introduce billy bastion and introduce shazam mm-hmm. or captain marvel whoever whoever side of that spectrum you're on. um to <laughs> i think i think that'd be i think that'll work having said that they better introduce it before then like right. give me a freaking Zatanna cameo in something. Give me, I, I want, I need that whole aspect. I need more of that being part of what Superman's issues are. You know what I mean? Like, because mm. everybody knows Superman, he's he's indestructible unless you have Krypton or Kryptonite. Mm. Give me, give me something introduced. I want that introduced somehow in Justice League, even if it's in the most minute way, some kind of magical element. And, and even in sh- even have it be something that affects maybe how Superman comes back, or I don't know how they're going to do it, or something they find out when he comes back. I don't for whatever reason I've always been a big fan of the magical elements in in the comics, and I feel it's something both of them need to work on a little more. Right. Yeah. I. You know. Who knows? I think in in terms of Captain Marvel and the Black Adam movie and everything. I mean, <laughs> the other thing is that film has been in kind of production pre-production gestation for years right like that even really came together before or they they had cast the rock even before they had their whole slate of dceu films you know so like that thing's been on the back burner for such a long time and yet is still way far in the future like you know right we get justice league we've got aquaman if they ever can find a a director to stick around for more than a week we'll have a flash movie god and that's uh, the one that is the most important one for me i don't know yeah. why but i feel like that's the one they need to hit the most i i think it would be partially i mean wonder woman delivered a little bit more humor and lightness right into the universe but like the flash is is largely especially when i was growing up with him and he was wally west he was he was a character that was smart aleck he was you know he's the the wise cracker he was the humor on the team right right and i i feel like what DC needs a little more of, right? That's what people like about Marvel, I think, so much is its sense of humor, and so that and would help. The, in the the Lego shows, they do a really good job of humor with um, Hal Jordan and and uh, the Flash, and I think that's something. It'd be a great, cool thing if they introduced it into the uh, the Justice League because there's that whole rumor: are they gonna are they gonna introduce Green Lantern in any fashion at all in the Justice League? And even right. if they drop something in, I would love for just like a little quip between him and 
him and the the Flash, and and I'm right. also hoping we get some familiarity between um, between Barry and uh, Vic for um, Cyborg. I mean, the whole I, I hope there's I hope they can get that relationship in there because they basically know each other beforehand type thing, and I, I want I hope they can pull that off and make it work. So, um, what um, blah, blah, blah. the female directors i mean patty jenkins mm-hmm. basically blew this out of the park i mean they, he, right. she nailed it is do you think marvel's gonna work harder to get female directors in and and also what does that have to say about other other movies in general where mm-hmm. i mean it's an action movie with really good action in it that has put pressures on a lot of studios not just comic book where they say we we need to get a female director in here because obviously they can handle it exactly yeah i mean like you said, not just not just superhero films, right? But Hollywood in general, the studio system needs to start diversifying, not just gender-wise, but you know, in all aspects. And and so yeah, you we all you keep hoping, right? Patty Jenkins is only the second woman in the history of film to helm uh, a film with a one hundred million plus budget. That's insane, right? It, it, it is. <laughs> uh, and so you always hope, right, that a film that's this successful and has, you know, clearly connected um, to to audiences, not just female audiences, right, but to audiences, uh, you hope that that starts to seep into the executive mindset that, like, oh, maybe we can, you know, take a risk. I'm putting that in quotes, right, because that's kind of their mentality. Um, but you really should start hiring more female directors. Now, I know Marvel's got four Captain Marvel um, it's uh, Anna Fleck and Ryan Bowden, I think that's their names. Um, and so you, it's a it's a duo of directors, one one male, one female. So that's you know, something. But uh, yeah, I, I hope we see more of that, not just in Marvel and DC, but in uh, you know American film and studio films by and large. Uh, let me, so let me hopefully you, Wonder Woman will do that. Let me ask you a question about um, duo directors. Mm-hmm. Cohen brothers aside, because they're their own little, they're they're interesting and they're they are who they are. What right. do you think it helps or hinders to have two directors? Like what, the Star Wars just lost two directors, right? So. Miller and Miller and Lord. Yeah, right. uh, I I you know here's I don't think it uh, I don't think it's a, a cut or dry kind of thing where like well two directors are better than one or you know anything like that. It, it would always, I think, depend on um, that team and how that team came together. Uh, you know, Miller and Lord, there's clearly a reason they've stayed together, right? Like, they've directed uh, at least, I think, at least five films together. What, Lego Movie, the two 21 Jump Streets. Um, I, I knew 21 Jump Street and Lego. That was about all I knew. Uh, well, I know that. I think I've got one or two other ones. I can't think of what they are. But they've, they've directed a, a handful of films together, right? They clearly have a good working relationship. Like you said, Cohen's are siblings, so they kind of work together. Uh, the Wachowskis, right? The Wachowski sisters, they they obviously, um, you know, work together as, as kind of family, but have a, a similar um, view on, on what the film should be. Um, so I, you know, I, I think... You'd never see, however, it's very rare that you would see uh, two directors that have kind of established solo careers ever working together on a film, right? That's that's usually rare, and if that is the case, usually it's something like Zack Snyder Zach, stepping down, Whedon stepping. Okay, I just thought of this question. I just want to throw it to you. 
Okay. What superhero movie would you want the Coen brothers to work on? Oh, God. oh boy. Te- uh, Teen Titans? <laughs> no, no. They, here's the thing. If the Coen brothers work on anything, it, it would it would not be like a, a name that a household well, name. Well, I It'd know. be something like plastic man. I, that's who I would, <laughs> I, you know, I want a plastic man movie. Like I think I introduce him in Batman uh-huh. and then let it go from there. I think that would be a really good, I'd be okay with that. Right. Introduce him as Eel O'Brien, the criminal Eel O'Brien. And then you get his own film after that. That's yeah, plastic. I, I, yeah. I love it. Um, what yeah. mo- what movies are you looking forward to? Or wait, what has been your best movie? One of your best movies so far this year that you liked? Uh, Get Out is the best film I've seen. I this still year. haven't seen it, and I really, really want to see it. It's fantastic. Again, much like Wonder Woman, much like Patty Jenkins and other female directors, uh, there also needs to be uh, more non-white directors, right? Well, uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that's all. I mean, that's a whole other thing. And so, um, Jordan Peele, I think the fact that not only is not only is it that he's kind of coming from television um, and comedy and but exactly coming from comedy and that they that the studio took a risk and gave him a horror film usually that doesn't happen in hollywood much either right that he, you he work wrote it, outside didn't he? of the genre you're associated with he wrote it didn't he he did okay. yeah he so, in fact he, so they he took they took oh, they took a major risk there because they're like well not only did he write it he wants to direct it let him do it exactly but apparently it's it's bloomhouse or blumhouse um that produced the film distributed the film and they've apparently been doing that a lot lately and having a lot of success with it. I think, I know for a fact they're behind Split, Shyamalan Split, and obviously that worked out well for them, even though I haven't seen it yet. Um, and then I think they're behind, uh, oh, The Purge. They're behind The Purge series. And so they're kind of known for taking some some risks that on paper may not seem like they would work, and it's, it's paid off for them, so... Hopefully that's also kind of uh, you know a model that Hollywood will follow. Uh, last superhero question about movies: What what did you sure. think of Lego Batman? I haven't seen Lego Batman yet. Okay, when you see it, uh-huh. I'm, I just want to give you my quick opinion. I okay, f- I found it freaking boring. Really, I, I my wife laughed at me because I fell asleep for the last <laughs> ten minutes of the movie. I, I my kids loved it. And she uh-huh. and she loved it, but I just it turned. Well, I won't get into it. I I yeah, I got bored really quick, and it, which mm-hmm. is, is is insane because I loved Lego Batman. I loved the video games. I love Lego. Yeah. I loved Lego Batman in the Lego movie. Mm-hmm. So it just seemed like instant success. To, right, to, it should work. It's a proven formula, right? I I just I laughed at a couple. The, the the biggest gag is his password for me the, the biggest gag is his password getting into the bat cave and other than that it was i and that and the other thing was like so many other movies nowadays and they need to freaking figure out a way to fix it is um they're showing too much goddamn stuff in the trailers and yeah. i had seen most of the movie so here here's a, i got a story for you for wonder woman i've been trying to not get into the spider-man trailers like, which have been uh, horrendously bad about like just showing you the I, entire. Film. I was excited with the first trailer because it uh, is what it is. The second trailer I liked, but I was like, let's slow down on the amount of different footage. The Wonder Woman trailers were great. They kept showing you the same damn scene in different, right. either different angles or a minute 
or uh, to right right in front of the one you'd already seen or right behind the one you had already seen. Um, they never didn't really sprinkle in a lot of them. Now I didn't I purposely didn't watch any of the last months worth of trailers, but the after the second Spider Man trailer, I was like, I don't want to watch anymore. Don't show me any more trailers. Third third trailer comes out and a buddy of mine calls me pissed off because the trailer like this new trailer looks like half of the movie. Like they, they show way more stuff that they hadn't even shown yet. And I'm mm. like, Oh, don't tell me that. Okay. I'm not watching it. I'm not watching yeah. it. I go two and a half weeks without watching this goddamn trailer. I'm really proud of myself. First fucking trailer in front of wonder woman. Oh, I'm sitting are you there. Kidding me? I'm sitting there and I had even, I had already, I'd even bitched about it to Monica. We were talking about Spider-Man and I'm watching screen pops up. There's happy. I went, no, now I'm in a, I'm in a, room full of people waiting to watch wonder woman it's right fucking quiet as soon as i see happy's face out loud no right no monica looks over at me i peep i feel people looking at me I'm like don't do this don't do this don't do this tom holland god damn it and i'm like right. I, I, I lowered my head and i was like Ugh. and monica's like just don't watch it and i'm like i can't right. hear it i was like i can't cover my it's like this Fuck it, and I watch yeah, it. Yeah, you can't hum in the movie. Right. Oh, Everybody's staring at me, and I'm so I'm like, I just look up at the screen and I watch it. And God damn it, they showed too much shit in that third trailer. I'm and like, see, I, I haven't had... seen it for that. I, I've luckily it was not in front of Wonder Woman when I've seen it the two times I've seen. I it. was like, I've seen that. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. Oh my God, come on, guys. Yeah, and well, and it's it's I have to imagine that it's Sony really like worried by the fact that the amazing Spider-Man films, you know, were not a success and that they've now like, they've got Marvel on their side and like, this is their chance, right. You know, to make Spider-Man work again. And so like, they're really trying to oversell everybody on like here. Well, Oh, that first one didn't have what you're looking for. Well, guess what? Maybe the second trailer will, well, maybe the third trailer will like, you know, and they're hyping the Iron Man portions of the film so hard. And like, uh, that's got me a little worried. I'm not so sure that that bodes well for Homecoming, but well, um, luckily they, they, they was it yesterday or Friday they had the first impressions of people who'd right. seen it, and they they There's they all seemed they buzz, all seemed positive. Right. So I just was so pissed about that trailer being in front of Wonder Woman, and I should have known. I mean, they showed every major comic book something or other before that movie, so it was like. Ugh. Okay, try to move this along a little. We're running a little late. I don't know how late you got tonight. What are you looking forward to the rest of the year? Uh, okay, so I've got I've got a little bit of a list. Okay, well, hit me. I, <laughs> I don't I'm know. here as long I as you know. are. I don't I don't really need to go to bed. <laughs> well, and that's I I do. So I'm I probably will uh, not go into great detail on all of these, or maybe not even all of the ones I've written down. Um, how what what uh, what you, do you think works best? Like I've got ten films. I did ten in case you did like a five, ten. We can do three. Give what, me, we'll, we'll, go, we'll start with five and go from there. We'll see how long okay. the five take. Okay, so I I will say this. Let's start out because it only it comes out in like uh, I think later this week on Wednesday. Uh, but Edgar Wright, Baby Driver. Oh my God! I'm so excited so for excited. this movie. Yeah. Is, I mean, the, last I checked, it was sitting at a hundred. Last I checked, it was sitting at a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I believe it. Every every review I've read has praised it. Right, um, that and that's a film that seems like the trailers. I, the trailers are really fun, right? But I, from what I understand, the trailers cannot convey what the movie does, right? Because it's supposedly what makes it so 
uh, enjoyable is how precisely he's cut the images to the soundtrack right and how rhythmic the whole film is and you know that just sounds like uh it's going to be like an, an unbeatable experience For, so. 40 reviews 40 positive wow so it's sitting at 100 percent on rotten tomatoes there you go. I, yeah, and I love all the actors i remember the first time i saw the trailer i went oh he's in this oh shit he's in it oh my god he's in it whoa they're in it what <laughs> it was like this what, who is and then I was like this is an Edgar Wright movie and I was like oh I am in it just gets better and better and better every <laughs> right um, okay yeah. so next so that um, coming later this summer I think maybe the summer movie I'm most excited for is Atomic Blonde oh yes um, have you seen the trailer for I, this? I've seen the Red Band trailer yes I was like purposely uh-huh. sought out the Red I watched it with a friend of mine and she goes holy shit what is this i was like yes. that's based off of a comic book i'm pretty sure i need to read that comic book <laughs> I, and i have not i've not read the graphic i think there's two graphic novels um and, and i've not read either of those but um the like charlie's theron is you know on fire right as like as the action heroine and so i think that's great to see her get another film like that it uh it also looks like all of the fight choreography is going to be beautiful i know it's i can't remember which one it is but it's one of the the duo of directors to talk about directing duos again from john wick okay um, which i still and, haven't seen well and see I'm, I'm honestly not a big fan of john wick i haven't seen the second one the first one d- did not win me over the way it's won everybody else over but um i think part of that is is honestly kind of keanu reeves i know that's a big plus for everybody for me it's just another one of these like viagra movies yep. so like you know tom cruise and jack reacher or liam neeson and taken or denzel and the equalizer or you know pierce brosnan and whatever action films he was in but these these 50 year old you know 50 plus year old actors that are in these action vehicles like to kind of like boost their libido and boost their career um and so i don't know but anyway the point is that like i think Charlie theron as the lead is a much stronger idea and it looks visually kind of exciting and you know again fun you know fight choreography and everything, so. it has that dry humor i love in action movies it's just like like i'm super stoked for um kingsman 2 which i think is next year though uh, um, it is this year that's oh, another one really on this? okay yes but exactly. no, i love that the the whole dry humor that they showed in those trailers i was like man this is right up my alley i love john goodman i love shirley Theron. i was like i know the guy that's in it's also from the one of the marvel movies in captain america it's I never, james mcavoy yeah exactly i never what no 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 the uh the computer um Oh well, Toby Jones is in Toby too, Jones. Right? Yes, yeah. I never remember his name. Um, yeah. I like him. Um, yeah, it's just like it looks great. I'm really exactly. excited for that. Yeah, talk about another great cast, right? Like, right, <laughs> a lot of great people. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, further down the line, later this year, but Logan Lucky, uh, which is Steven Soderbergh's new film, he's he retired uh, from directing for a while. Nobody nobody expected him to actually stay retired, but. Um, this is his first film back in a, in a number of years. And Wait, are you tell are you telling me Daniel Day Lewis isn't going to stay retired? You know, I would put some good money on saying no. He's probably not going to go some, back to being a, a somebody, cobbler. For... If some, if somebody passes him a script that might get him another Oscar, he might come back. 
I, I kind of think, yeah, that's, there's probably a good likelihood of that. I think he just hasn't uh, had one come by his desk in a while, and so he's like, screw it, I'm done. It's, well, and he's, I think, from what I understand, he's done this before. He, for um, for a number of years, like, from the late 90s into the 2000s or something like that, he, he moved to, uh, or he moved back to, I guess, like, Scotland or where, I can't remember where he's from, but um, he moved back and became a shoe cobbler for, like, a number of years, opened a store, cobbled shoes are you serious yeah yeah didn't do anything with acting like just had a whole different career and then he got back into acting and did there will be blood and lincoln and um i have not uh, seen there will be blood is it a good movie i it looks good i've just haven't seen it yeah no there will be blood is there will be blood and no country for old men came out and both came out in 2007 one of the best years in my life for movies and there will be blood is is that's one of that's on netflix uh, it is yeah i guess so yeah all right sorry yeah. go ahead. <laughs> no, no you, you totally need to see there will be blood amazing film okay. um so yeah so logan lucky's is, is soderbergh's film back it's a it's kind of a heist movie um with channing tatum and adam driver color in oh that movie okay i know which one you're talking about now because yeah. it, it wasn't until channing tatum popped on the screen and i went what the fuck i was like what what is like this all looks interesting boom channing tatum and i'm like what what is this? <laughs> exactly. And exactly, like Channing Tatum and his like career, not resurgence, but like he just keeps getting all these good films lately. Um, and so, and Daniel Craig doing like some crazy weird Southern accent. Yep. Uh, playing a guy called Joe Bang, apparently. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I'm really, really who, looking forward to Who wrote to that this? Show. Do you know? Uh, Soderbergh wrote it as well. I oh, believe. okay. Um, he may have written it with somebody else, but I, I, I know he's directing. I think he wrote it or co-wrote it. Um, and uh, it's another film with a really great cast. Uh, it was shot here in Atlanta, so that was, that's always kind of nice. But Did, did you uh, see, Jason, that they're going to be shooting parts of Star Wars um, Episode Nine in Kansas City? Oh really? They got they already they've already got stuff applied and they're asking for people for extras. I don't know. It's, it's just somewhere in the oh, area. Wow. I don't know why or what. I feel like this is going to be some kind of flashback, weird something or other. I don't know. Yeah, holy shit! Well, no, I had not heard of that. Yeah, That's crazy. so they're asking for they're like they're looking for extras and stuff too. And I was like, even my wife's like, I know you're not big into Star Wars, but I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, you know, shit, shove me in a fat stormtrooper outfit. I'm all in. <laughs> I mean. You gotta take the chance, right? Right, like, right. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, that's well, awesome, and, man. That's, and that's exciting. Georgia's been a hotbed for for movie making lately, hasn't it? Like, have they been? Getting... Uh, it is. It's in fact, um, don't don't quote me on this for sure, but I believe just this year it became um, actually, I think the the number one city in the country for for production, even more than L.A even more than new york and it's all the tax uh, breaks they're getting right it is correct yeah there's a there's a really major tax break where studios get uh 20 back on a certain amount of money that they spend um if they spend a certain amount of money in the state and then they get an extra 10 percent for only putting the little georgia peach logo at the end of the uh right. end of the credits and so um, yeah i've been seeing 30%, that a lot <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lot of it i mean baby driver that we talked about baby driver yep. was shot here it's set here also all the Marvel films are shot here now, so Infinity War is filming right now, Black Panther filmed earlier this year, um, Guardians 2 was filmed here. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a really big production hub at the moment. <clears throat> one one more thing I want to back up a little bit, what you just said. Um, 
it's a topic that was on my last podcast. It's got lost. I want to get it in on this podcast. How horrible is the Black Panther um, uh, poster? Isn't that yeah, the know. most photoshopped re- thing in the world? Looks really tacky. Yeah, I, I agree. I a buddy of mine and I just sat there and stared at it like I had seen like in a small thumb on on <laughs> yeah. the on the screen. I'm like, I mean, you know, well, whatever. And then I went to the movie theater to go see Cars three with my wife and kids. And there was a big Black Panther poster up, and I'm staring at this thing going, how did this pass? Yeah. Like, how Marvel Police Hire, whoever did Wonder Woman, like, this is ridiculous. Like, how did that pass? Like, his head literally looks photoshopped on top of a, something it, that was being drawn. And it, yeah, and I feel like this is kind of a trend recently, especially for Marvel, where their posters just do look really cheap. Yeah. And do look like very amateurish, right? And I've I've got to imagine that it's it's partially internally they're like we we don't need a poster to sell this movie, you know, like people will come to these movies, um, but we've built enough of a following at this point, and the and the Marvel name sells it alone, that you know we don't need to pump a lot of money into, um, you know, into that side of the of the you know marketing budget, and so. I, that's what I'm going to imagine, but it looks, it does look but really I, cheap. But I got to tell you though, if that poster, you can do that poster. That's a badass poster if you do it for real and do a real right. photo shoot. He's a freaking king in a throne, and like you could do the whole theme of his nation just around everything. Even if you did like the chair and him, an authentic shot, and then kind of bled it into like the art style they're trying to go for, I think right. it would have looked so badass without the thing all right sorry anyways uh boobies <laughs> no i'm i'm glad you got that in you said you've been working i, I, <laughs> working that, I think i've said it in two previous podcasts but it hasn't made its air and i want to get it out damn it that's an ugly poster and they need to fix it so yeah, go ahead. Yeah. um well i won't i'm not gonna run through let me not run through everything on here i will needless to say i'm excited for like thor ragnarok i'm excited for star wars obviously um, you know, Blade Runner, a lot of the big ones we talked about Kingsman. Um, I will say really quickly, Justice League, I, I know, I know for the majority of, of people, I guarantee you it will be a disaster. I know most people I think are already primed to hate it, uh, especially. I have faith. I, have faith. <laughs> uh, I, I, I am more excited about it than any other superhero movie this year. And, and I know that's crazy. Obviously Wonder Woman, I think will end up being probably a better film. Guardians Two will probably Guardians Two is a great film. Still Logan, have, right? I still we haven't seen that yet either. You haven't seen Guardians Two yet? We, oh. dude, again, wife and kids. Unless I'm going with them, or so my wife and I went to go see Wonder Woman. Obviously, um, we we seem to have one date night a year right now, and it's usually on our anniversary. We didn't have one on our anniversary this year because we wanted to go see Wonder Woman. <laughs> but but you we've saved we've, it up. we've we've we're we're kind of working on wanting to do that more. It's and the kids are getting to a point where they both will behave with babysitters correctly. So it's just so. Anyways, sorry. No, I like I will say definitely find try and find some time to uh, to see Guardians two. You know, maybe before it leaves theaters if you can. But um, but the point is we've had yeah a lot of really good superhero films this year, and I know Justice League's more than likely going to disappoint everybody i think i'm based on the fact that i like batman v superman and man of steel quite a bit 
I think I'm probably going to love Justice League. I understand. Uh, and I got into comics with Grant Morrison's run on the Justice League, and so that book has always, that team has always been um, kind of nostalgic to me, and like, and again, the thing that I owe my love of comics to, and so I'm, I've been excited my entire life to see a live-action film you know that is the justice league so, so as 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 a huge fan of the justice league then here's a question uh, for you this is um this comic book related question because i've i've had this discussion with people and for me personally it's a shut up and get over it issue um, yeah but i gotta ask what are you what is your take on cyborg being in the justice league and being presented even though yeah that's how it is now in the comics right originally not part of the justice league and you have Hal, Hal Jordan in that spot. What is your take on it? Does that bother you that he's the the seventh or well, sixth or whatever? Uh, you say Hal Jordan. I would say Martian or, Manhunter. Well, yeah, <laughs> I would rather. I would. I will. I will say. I would rather have Martian Manhunter on there than than anybody in, than Green Lantern. Right. If I had a choice, uh, I will. So I will say this. I a couple of things about that. I it does not bother me. No, uh, I I also kind of like Cyborg. Also, was a big you know. Char- I read Teen Titans a lot when I was a kid, so um, he was also a character I knew quite a bit. I don't mind that he's on the team. I, I think it's you have to have uh, uh, some person of color on the team, right? And I know you've got Gal Gadot with you know from Israel and everything, but um, but then you've got also a lot of of white dudes, and so I think that's necessary. And so I have no problem if Cyborg is that character. Um, I think he's got a lot of history with, with kids from the Teen Titans Go, you know, cartoon and everything. My only worry is that he, so far in all of the, the trailers and everything like that, he seems like, uh, you know, a character that maybe is not being serviced that well. Like, I don't know how, how important he's going to be in the story. I don't know how much screen time he's going to get. Right. Um, and the effects look a little, a little cheap and tacky so far. Um, and so that's kind of maybe my only worry or apprehension about it, but, um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of like you were always worried beforehand, not you and just in general about how on his own, because of everything going on, the, the CGI and everything looks fine. But when they, when they were going to incorporate Hulk into the Avengers and you had all these normal people with a huge computer generated character, I was worried that it was going to look good. I I felt they did a really good job with it. Yeah. I am a little worried because he looks like a shiny piece of metal that looks not quite tangible. Right. <laughs> so I don't I understand that. I'm I'm that that's one of my worries with it too. Um, well, I think it's always that kind of uncanny valley problem of like, you know, Iron Man when he's in the suit, it's a full CGI character. The Hulk when he's the Hulk is a full CGI character when you have to have some uh, aspect of the actor showing the face, a hand, something like that merge with a, a digital body, that's when it gets weird. So when you have like Ryan Reynolds head on the green lantern suits, you know, in his green lantern movie and it looks really disconnected, you know, that was and just so the a fact horrible that decision got Ray about suit. face. Yeah. It's, you know, so that, that we'll see, we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, I, I, that's one of my catching points with, with Justice League, is you know I'm, I, 
here's the thing with Justice League, and it's the same thing that really applied with Suicide Squad and and Batman versus Superman. It's gonna make a shitload of money, and it might even clear, especially over in China, the the amount needed for to cover their costs. Um, Man, Batman versus Superman did it. Right. You know, Suicide Squad, for as much as everybody hated it, it did it. Exactly. This it's gonna do the same thing. It's just about whether who all critically it's funny because you're I consider you a movie critic you post reviews online I have friends that are movie critics I've never liked the idea of critics because I've as bad as it sounds I feel like you're destroying something I am a creator by yeah. by birth I everything I do is something I create something I'm that's my my whole brain and, and I like I do artwork sure. for a living and stuff like that and I get criticizing, but some of them reviews for like Suicide Squad and Batman vs Superman was not criticizing. It was like downright tearing people apart, and right. like that aggravated me because that created a train of people doing the same thing, and right. and then it goes from, are you really critiquing the movie or are you just wanting to be mean because it's the internet and that's how it works. Right. And the, the same thing is going to happen with Batman vs Superman. No matter how good it is, even if it's, eh, hey, that's a fun movie, even if it's Incredibles, blowing shit up, you know, story's not that great or doesn't move along as well. It's going to be the worst movie ever made. No matter who you talk to, that's just how right. I think it's going to end up lining up. But I know I'm going to enjoy it because of what it is, because it's awesome. Right. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I I feel kind of I, I like to just on on critics really quick and kind of like that the job of being a critic, right? There's I feel like there's so many people anymore writing about movies with so many websites and things like that having a, you know, a film critic on staff or something like that. Um, it just it seems like very often anymore when I read reviews for a film, if you read 3 or 4 they all have almost the exact same um, punchlines, the same comments, right? It's, it seems like there's such a formula anymore. And that's something I take, uh, you know, kind of take, um, well, I can't remember what the phrase is, but like I object to. Right. Um, because for me, like coming from kind of the academic side of things, it's, and I understand that as a critic, you're supposed to kind of be recommending the film to audiences or telling audiences whether they're going to like the movie or not. But I also think you, you, it's kind of your job to engage with interpreting the film, right? And that I don't see a lot of anymore, right? right? Actually reading a film and trying to understand maybe what the film's themes are, what the film is trying to, to say or how it interacts with um, the culture of the time, right? And so Batman v Superman, for instance, right, gets a lot of flack for being very dark and not terribly coherent and, you know, this or that. And I think some of those complaints are valid, but I also think that there's a lot going on there that is uh, about deconstructing these American icons of Batman and Superman, right, um, slotting them into kind of a post 9-11 American culture and, and using them, using them as iconography to comment on kind of the state uh, of Americana. Um, and there's a lot of that going on there. And I think, again, that's something Snyder's uh, very interested in. 
and you know nobody wants to give it the time of day to do that i think and so that's where i kind of maybe you know have a bone to pick with with critics on on that side of things well we'll wrap this up a little bit do you have any more on your list uh two things i'll mention really quickly and i don't know much about them so i can't say much better anyway um Darren Aronofsky has a new film coming out later this year called Mother exclamation point um, <laughs> and it's uh, got Jennifer Lawrence in it and it's supposedly a, like a home invasion movie where these uh, group of criminals break into her her family's house um, and uh, and Darren Aronofsky always find to be a you know an interesting director Black Swan the wrestler uh, Requiem for a Dream obviously um, and him pairing with Jennifer Lawrence I think is a combination i'm really excited for so um so that's something and then uh, finally it it, it uh, debuted at can earlier this year at the can film festival but uh the killing of a sacred deer um Say that which again. is from the killing of a sacred deer okay um and it's from this greek director yorgos lanthimos who uh did the lobster last year if you heard about that i've heard of it i've never seen it um we such a such an unusual surreal almost like uh, kafka-esque uh film my favorite film of last year actually um and he also did a, a film a couple of years ago called dog tooth uh that's unlike anything else you've seen and so this is his new movie with colin farrell again who he worked with on the lobster um and a, and a bunch of other great people and so um, I'm really into what he's doing. Well, I'm into right call. Like I, I love I love Colin Farrell. I'll have to look that up. Same same here. I I kind of grew up with Colin Farrell as he was getting big, and uh, so I always loved him as a kid in Phone Booth and in uh, there was a film called Hearts War with him and Bruce Willis. Um, a lot of other a lot of other things he I, did that I really. I liked. think Phone Booth is a very uh, underappreciated movie the the whole concept of it i loved it and i thought it was very well done it's it's very similar to me to um what's the the ryan reynolds movie where he's buried buried. yeah where he's in the coffin yeah it was fascinating how much like emotionally i got invested in both of those movies based off of the situation these guys were in a little more so a little more so with buried because it's like i think everybody gets that little bit of claustrophobicness to them right. about what's going on so um but no I, I really really liked phone booth that was one i actually saw in theaters and i, I thought more people should have seen it i agreed i have not seen it in years probably since high school but at the time i loved it and uh and that, that's one i probably should go back and watch again but yeah that's i i agree with you that it's kind of a, an underrated film i think all right well you know i really appreciate having you on now you do write reviews and you do post them online do you want to pimp that or is there anything else you want to sure uh yeah i don't i don't have too much you know to pimp but um there's a website called letterboxd so it's it's letterbox and then the e's taken out of it so letter letterbox and a d um and i post up a review for essentially everything i watch that i have not seen before um, so every every film that I watch, uh, not all just new films, but um, anything I watch, I write up some short review, and so uh, you can you can find me on there just under my name, just under Jason Query, um, 
if you if you want to read some of my reviews you spell your last name for the people listening <laughs> sure well and also so my first name is j-a-y-s oh i forgot i forgot about your first name i was done sorry exactly both both names are spelled very weird and then query is q-u-e-a-r-r-y um and so if you if you put my name in letterboxd in i'm pretty sure my page would come up cool and i'll post a link that in the um in the show notes too Awesome. Well, I've loved having you on. We uh, there's more movie stuff. I we could probably sit and talk forever about not just comics yeah, but exactly. movies as well. We so could do I, this for a week. We, yeah, well, I'd love to have you on again. Maybe um, what's the next comic book movie that's out? Is it Justice League? Uh, Spider Man. Spider Man. Maybe have we would maybe want to try and get on after Homecoming comes out because I know <laughs> I'm going to have opinions. <laughs> well, maybe so. We'll see. I I know that I will have a paper that's due around that time, so well, I will probably be. It could be a couple weeks. Uh, I just meant in general. But yeah, I would I would love to be back on definitely to talk like Justice League and all that kind of stuff. And then, we'll on, and so. then if you, the next time you get back in Kansas City, good to hook up with you to, to each other. And then hey, maybe we do a live one if you're ever back, like maybe at Christmas. If you're back sure. for any amount of time, do one. I don't know. Just throw that out there. Maybe so. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know when we're coming back this year. We I don't know. That's something my wife and I are still discussing. We got we got really burnt out the last time. So <laughs> no. Um, I, well, when you but if we come back, any, yes, anytime you anytime you travel back home, you're pulled in a hundred different directions. I exactly. I I would love to move away from here. I would love to live in San Diego. I grew up in San Diego. Um, oh. But I know that if I. I mean, I was born here and grew up in San Diego, but I know if I moved away for any given time and came back, I, it would be a pain in the freaking ass trying to make sure everybody's appeased. Um, exactly. I guess you could say, as bad as this is, this is going to sound, um, other than my sister, my, my two half-sisters are, are kind of spread out, so I don't always see them a lot anyways. So, And, and I guess you could say, I, I mean, my parents aren't alive, so I don't really have to worry about that. And right. I'm not big friends with my family anyway. So, I mean, I know there are some family that I would love to see, but I, if I had to come back, I don't think it would. I don't think it would probably be as hard as, as you and your wife would be. So, um, Maybe. We do have, we both do have a lot of family around the area, and that's what makes it kind of kind of tough. Yeah. All right, sir. Again, thank you for, thank you for coming on. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, thank you for having me. Next, next week, um, I do have somebody that I totally forgot off the top of my head. Um, I might get Mike on next week again to redo the one from last week. I totally forgot. Um, I'll post it. And I think I like the idea of splitting up the uh, the Q and A with the actual podcast. Thank you, Jason, for making me think of that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna credit. I'm gonna credit <laughs> I'll, I'll take you credit for that. for that idea. Sure. <laughs> um, again, uh, everybody have. A, I need to come up with a sign off. Help me with that. Think of something. If anybody has any ideas, they have a clever sign-off. Let me know. I I always sound like a boy. I don't know. Is there a a slice pun or something like that? (laughs) My puns. Um, Cut it out. You can't you can't see me, but I actually just did what Joey does in fun or a full house. Cut it (laughs) out. Um. Oh God. And any pun. If we're doing puns, I gotta get my wife on that. Um. I don't know. Peace. So I just found it so stupid. So peace out. I don't know. Everybody take care. Thanks again. Loved having you. I'll talk to you later.